hit it, Phil. Can it be the breeze that fills the trees with rare and magic perfume? Oh, no. It isn't the breeze. It's Jackson time. All right. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. I'm joined by John Henderson from This Day in Jack Benny. Uh, just a, a wonderful it. podcast for you guys to turn into and, and everything and tune into. And, and we'll mention again here that his wonderful wife is doing a narration. And John, maybe you can explain a little more about what she's doing, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So as a bonus episode I on Patreon, I usually do extra episodes where Jack Benny is a guest on another program. But I thought I'd like to, you know, add something a little bit different and, you know, I start, I decided to start a project where uh, the book by Catherine, Catherine H. Fuller Seeley, Jack Benny and the Golden Age of American Radio Comedy, you know, I always wanted to listen to that as an audio book because I'm an audio guy. So I thought, well, why don't I just create it? So my wife, who's a radio personality, an excellent reader, uh, is reading the whole book one month at a time on Patreon, and we'll have little tiny, you know, intros with uh, Kathy herself talking about the chapters, but it's mainly just the the actual text from the book, and each chapter, it seems like, is about an hour long, you know, so, so yeah, I just thought it would be a fun way to be able to create an audiobook, and so, yeah, if you want to check it out, you can go to thisdaybenny.com and, and click on it. And currently, how many chapters did you say has, has she done so far? Two or just the intro and one? I can't remember. Yeah, so it's the, basically the acknowledgments and the intro is the length okay. of a chapter. Okay. And then chapter one. That's where okay. we're at right now. Yeah. Cool. And you're going to be releasing new ones every few weeks or once a month? Or how often are you going to release a new chapter? You know? A new chapter a month, so it'll take, okay. I think there's nine chapters plus the intro, so it'll take 10 months to finish the whole book, Wow! and so when you subscribe on Patreon, you'll get the new chapters as they come out, plus the regular bonus episodes, so yeah. So, the, and I listened, I knew what John was doing here, and so I thought, I want to do something kind of similar, I thought it was kind of a cool idea, and okay. I've had people that say, my voice or whatever is so interesting that if I just read the phone book, it would work for them. So I'm going through and reading phone books on my Patreon, I'm starting <laughs> with the A's. Um, but unlike John, I don't wait a month. It'll be every week. I'll cover the A's uh, this week, and then next week I'll be on the B's. Uh, I think. Uh, Wait, you, you're going to do the whole A's and uh, yeah, I think, I think I think I do the whole A's in, in one week, or I, I'm not sure. I, I'll, I'll have to experiment with that a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, so tune in. I'm sure <laughs> you'll see it there, unless there's some sort of glitch. There might be a glitch, and I can't get it out there. I'm not quite sure, or I might get sued by a phone book company. I suppose. So anyway, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, well, that would be all a with the court battle and things. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, we are on to, uh, I think, one of the great, of you know, our presentations where we present three episodes, they're good, they're great, they're nice, but sometimes it just really works, and this time yeah. is those times. This is an episode of the Phil Harris show. Phil's show was, I think, preempted. I, I don't have any facts, but I just know that there's an episode that doesn't exist on a week that it should be released. But it doesn't seem like they actually missed the episode. It seems like the episode is this one we're presenting. So we're we're jogging. Phil's shows are going to be out of sync with Jack's right now in that I'm dragging it back to be the week earlier. So it's going to sync up with Jack. So it's never presented this way. 
but it's written this way. They're both on a train trip. They're both, and, and, and Jack actually shows up on Phil's show, which is really fun to have. I love that these early seasons are so tied together between Jack and Phil's shows. And this is one of those episodes that's really nicely tied together that way. So yes. um, this is right. not the way that it was aired, but it was right. the way it was intended. This yes. is these episodes that go together in universe. Yes, they do. And, and I think that that's kind of cool that we can breeze. You seldom get a part where you go, oh, we're going to put the universe the way it's supposed to be instead of the way yeah. it was. That's kind of cool. Uh -huh. So so you're going to hear these episodes back to back. Um, they are two fun episodes of, of uh, the, the train ride. Uh, and, and, and I love the Jack Benny one that we're playing first is it's actually the kind of the, the first in sort of the classic train ride that we get. Uh, it, it's okay. So when the, when the, the new riders decided they were going to start uh, beefing up some of the old storylines, like, like the, the, certainly the Christmas shopping episodes are ones that definitely they, they put a lot of work into and added the crazy Mel Blanc that would go nuts throughout the episode and things that all happened here recently in, 45 46 is time frame and they they certainly they've added the the mel mel blanc with the mel blanc with with his professor leblanc playing the violin and things that hadn't existed before they added the vault they added lots of things well this is one of the last things that they do is they they go okay how can we beef up we've already we've had these train trip episodes forever but how can we beef them up and, and add a little to them? And so this is going to be like the first time that we ever get um, uh, Elliot Lewis and uh, Frank Nelson doing Glockamora back and forth. That's This is the first presentation of that. This this episode, which makes it so cool, is it has, it's a, both of these episodes are essentially uh, the Phil Harris and the Jack Benny are essentially swapping their casts out it's just it's fun. I mean, so so Alice Faye appears on the Jack Benny show uh, with Phil, and 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 uh, like I said, uh, Elliot Lewis is coming on as a different character, so he's on here. So they have most of the cast from the Phil Harris show on the Jack Benny show, and then Jack appears on the Phil show. So man, it, it's just a wonderful fun tie-in, and so this is a great piece of history you're getting a historic performance of the the railroad thing plus you're getting it tied into uh the phil harris show so john you yeah. you listened to the phil harris was this the first time you heard this phil harris episode it is the first time i've heard this phil harris show well what did you think and jack's not on it too much but it's kind of fun but go ahead. no yeah exactly it's so it's it's imagining phil harris having a side adventure adventure from the regular show right yes or Different perspective yes and the fact that there's a cameo by jack benny but it's not like jack benny is in the whole episode but no. he was there he was on the train i think that it's such a great way to do it and it was so fun to hear him in that in that little cameo i think that was great and i thought so too because usually you're right usually he comes on for an entire episode or something and he's not yeah. this is sort of the most similar i can say this is this appearance is kind of like the appearance he had in Dennis's show in Dennis's show uh he couldn't they couldn't know each other because Dennis 
isn't Dennis. I mean, Dennis isn't our Dennis on his show. His day in the life of Dennis Day, he's a different character. He's this Dennis that doesn't appear on the Jack Benny show. He's a he's a kid, and he's got a girlfriend, and that's all the show's about. But they wanted to have Jack come over, and Jack, of course, agreed to come over. So when they did that one, he and Jack had to like bump into each other, not really know each other, and it was it was just kind of a fun little thing with a scale that they were they were. Dealing, Jack was trying to get his money back from from the scale, not giving him his not working correctly or whatever. And so they did this fun little bit that wasn't it was just a little smidgen of the episode. And that's very similar to this. And then it's a little part of the episode, but it's probably no more than two minutes or something. And uh, but it's just cool to have Jack there. And like John saying, this is like they're all on the train together. Here's, 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 let's, let's follow Phil for a while. And so then it's following Phil's point of view on the train and with Jack there and everything. And then, uh, and then of course we normally get Jack's point of view on the, on the train as we go. So I, I wish they would have done more of this, but it's cool that they did it at all. So that's kind of cool. And anyway, John, uh, what else did you get from this? Really the first time that I've been listening to the Phil Harris show, like I've caught ones here or there, mostly, again, these ones where Jack Benny was the actual guest right. star. So it's interesting to hear the show. I, 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 there is, there are some things that I really love about it, like, and like the through lines, I think that Phil Harris and Alice Faye have, gr have a great dynamic and they're great characters, right? And I like how Alice Faye is willing to just go with it, you know? Yes. Like she's a movie star and yet she's doing these wild situations, these sitcoms, and uh, she's even willing to have, you know, sort of uh, fun poked at her. Yes. And, yeah, I, I, I love, in, you know, these, these insult humor is not unknown to the Jack Benny show and the Jack Benny world. Right. But I do have a bit of a criticism in this episode because, you know, when, when Jack Benny's getting insulted, the thing that's funny about it is his reaction, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he, they say something that's insulting to him and either he does a big reaction, which is always funny, or he doesn't give a reaction, but we know what he's thinking when he yes. hears that, right? Yes. So this is true, you know, conceptually with Alice Faye, when there's this insult happening, she's a very different character than Jack Benny. Mm -hmm. She's, nothing rattles her. She's just totally, like, Phil Harris can do all the most crazy, ridiculous, or even insensitive things, and he, she just rolls her eyes kind of thing. And I think that's so funny. But in this episode, there's a, a part where Phil Harris is chatting with this guy, and they sort of, like, do a dig at her saying, oh, she's a silent film star. But she's not in the room, so it doesn't, you don't have that reaction. You know, right. Choke falls flat. And right. I feel like that's the issue with this joke. And there's there's another similar thing with Phil Harris and uh, the money jokes. Yes. The money jokes where Alice Faye being a big movie star, so she's so wealthy, is so, some of the funniest jokes in the series. I think it's hilarious right. because, you know, Phil's not the breadwinner, but it doesn't bother him. He loves it. Oh, right. Alice, baby, right? Yeah. But in this yeah. episode, it seems to imply that he married her for his money or for her money. Yeah. or that he cares a lot about money. And that seems more like a Jack Benny thing than a Phil Harris thing. So I feel right. like, I mean, this is still early on in the series. I feel like maybe they, 
maybe they're trying that you know they're like oh that joke worked it was uh, about money we should try that again but you know they're they're sort of not they uh-oh we've lost john entirely let's see What if John's going to come back in? We'll find out. All right. Uh, we're going to say, let's try this like John's not here. Oh, here we come back. So I agree completely with what John just said. And uh, he didn't disappear or anything. He's here. He's been here the whole time. <laughs> oh, hey, I, I, I'm, uh, I, I had some technical difficulties. Did you drop your iPad or something? <laughs> All of a sudden, you're well, gone. It, it, my iPad died, but I'll start over. Uh, but I'm you wait, 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 you you were charging your iPad. Did you not hook up the charging cord correctly or something? I don't know what's going on. That's good to have you back. So now yeah. you're on a phone or something. It looks like. Yes, that's correct. Okay, okay. Uh, well, that's fine. So you can. Oh, that there you go. That's better. So, uh, and then we'll see how long your phone lasts. Yeah. <laughs> this has been technical difficulty, John Week. So it's all good. Uh, no, you you had let, where we, where you had cut off, and I don't care if you want to pick up from there or you want to restart or whatever. But it was essentially saying that uh, with where you were talking about Phil, and you were talking about how how he he came across as being this episode. The joke was more like he was um, wanting to be rich, married her. Yeah. Father. So all that to say, I don't know whether it was just the fact that the writers haven't, you know, gotten the, maybe it's that the writers are experimenting and this one didn't work as well as some of the, the yeah. past experience and the, and the future experiments. I agree. And, and the, I, I'm so glad you brought this up because this is part where we've I've talked before about how this first season is not considered as well written. He got new writers the second season on and then we went to Rexall and those writers you know are famous writers they wrote for for Green Acres they've written for lots of things so um the show uh, by everyone's estimation gets a lot better what my argument usually is the second half of the season is better than the first half with the occasional clunker joke in there right and this is one of those episodes that has a, few, a couple clunker clunker jokes that don't work so well but i love the part where jack benny's in it i love this whole concept of them being on the train at the same time jack's on the train i mean I, I, all of that makes it makes it worthwhile to me it's, and a couple jokes that, are, that don't land that great aren't the end of the world either but go ahead john you're gonna say something. oh wow it's it's nitpicking but yeah. nitpicking is a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, it's kind of what we do. So exactly. <laughs> no, I love, I like I said, I love the characters and I love the the bits with uh, the daughters, especially, mm -hmm. and even these these side characters that come in now and they're not in every time uh, are lots of fun. Yeah. Yes, 
yeah i i agree and and i think um i just i just really enjoyed this season revisiting these episodes because they're ones i haven't listened to as much and to to get enjoy them again it makes me go oh wow these were better than i even remember in things and 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 to get this strange combining of of the Jack universe and the Phil's universe is kind of really cool, um, but let's jump forward then I think unless we're good with that to to no, the nineteen thirty yeah. jump forward jump backward whatever <laughs> for for us it's the third episode you're going to hear but for for Jack and the gang this is the first the continuation of the first season of Phil being on the Jack Benny show and so forth. Uh, John, do we still have you? I lost your vision. Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I'm sorry, oh, I've got notes on the very phone that I'm using, so I might disappear, but you can still hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. So, uh, John, uh, what did you take away from this episode from 1937? Yeah, I love this episode. It's the one where they're celebrating an anniversary of Jack Benny, and then they do like a party, a Buck Benny party. And yeah. It, this is one of my favorite older episodes. The sound quality is great. It's so much fun. Like, it seems like they're having fun in this episode. Yes. Especially by the end of the party where everybody starts singing. It's fun to hear Mary sing. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious to hear, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I am Buck. Yeah, Andy Devine. Andy, Andy Devine, Devine singing, yes. And, uh, and then everybody else joins in too. It's, it's just a lot of fun. Um, at one point, somebody does a horse sound, a horse whinny. Yeah. It's not Mel Blanc level, <laughs> which we'll get later in the series. Yes. So I thought that was interesting to hear how <laughs> things change over time. <laughs> and maybe somebody made a Hamilton note. Hmm, maybe we need to find somebody who can do a better horse than what we've got. <laughs> so <laughs> then they got Mel. It's, it's great. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I too love these what I love, love, love about the 36, 37, 38, 39, that sort of range of episodes is that, is that they do feel more casual and they feel more like you're with them. It's, it's a party that you've been invited to and it's just so much fun. And these actual episodes that are party episodes, because uh, they have about one every, every year, they sort of end the season with one of these um, are just so much fun. And, and it's so strange over time. I I used to like not love Andy Devine's performances. And I used to be <laughs> sort of one of those things where you go, oh, Andy's on it. And then it cringe a little bit or whatever. And I have people that tell me that they do that. And I totally get it. I was there. Yeah. Anymore, it's so funny because as soon as I knew Andy was going to be on this episode, I'm like, oh, Andy's here. Great. Party. Let's get the party started. So uh, I'm ex whenever I hear Andy's voice, I'm excited about Andy's voice. I'm excited about Andy being there now. You know what? The thing it's so strange that how that changed. Go the ahead, The thing that's so great about Andy Devine is how much the rest of the cast loves and is delighted by him. Yes. Like, forget about his actual performance. When he opens his mouth, everybody else starts laughing while they're saying their lines. Like, it's just, it's fun to be part of this fun atmosphere. Yes, and without him, I don't think you would get that as much. So he actually right. makes these looser episodes even looser, which is what you like about them. And so, yeah, bring him on. I, I think he's great. I think exactly what you're saying. It's it's like when the cast of Saturday Night Live, like, and and are in a skit, and they're all looking at each other going, oh, this is just getting crazy. And they just are kind of 
starting to laugh and do that and it just makes a skit it can make it so much fun it can also yeah. mess it up but in this case every time it just makes it more fun i love having andy on here i love these episodes that are so loose like this one uh and and there's no uh later up there's nothing that makes you feel as much like you're part of this party that you want to be in and you're like oh man and i think the studio audience would have gotten so much out of being in one of these shows yeah yeah so yeah and, and every time i i do one of these episodes with you chat about it that i've already done on my own podcast this day in jack benny i try to listen for another reference that i may mm -hmm. have missed when i listened the first time and in this one there's reference to wake up and live which was a book that they turned into a movie. Uh, I think the movie hadn't quite come out yet, uh, right. but the movie would have Ben Burney, who uh, made Jack Benny change his name to Jack Benny from Ben Benny. Yes. It's got Walter Winchell, who's like a, you know, a famous uh, sort of, uh, who would you call it? Like a newspaper type guy. Yeah, a right. Columnist. Editorialist sort of thing. Yeah. Right. And then it also has Alice Faye, who, of course, we all know, who, who yeah. later... You know, 20 years later would go on to the Phil Harris, maybe not quite that long, to the Phil Harris Alice Faye show. 10 years later. Yeah, right. Yeah. Almost exactly 10 years later. That, exactly. It, it, well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting, too. Oh, for sure. For sure. I love that. So thank you, John, for, for sharing that. So I think you guys were in for a real treat with these three episodes. I kind of like the way they're laid out. And just, again, it's just weird, but it's like you get the two that are tied together and then you end with a party. And so how can you not think this is fantastic? Um, yeah. And, and of course, from here on out, we'll lose the 37 episodes because this is the, the season finale of the 37. So we'll just be presenting the the Phil and the Jack. And usually one of those will end probably Phil's, I think, or I can't remember who ends first. And then we'll keep going with whoever's left. Uh, and, and that's all right too. So, and sometimes I bring you bonus episodes tied in. We'll see. I'm not sure what, what I'm going to do, but we've got some time. And I know also these episodes are, for the, if the, if you're listening to this in 2022, okay, now this could you might be listening to this in 2052, and then it's a completely different situation, and John and I are long gone. But <laughs> yeah, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. <laughs> Let me uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know when, when we're gone or not gone. But anyway, uh, so but but the way it is now, um, I'm airing these later than would normally be. Uh, we're off a little bit and that's okay I, it's been because we're doing this as a group thing and before I've always done it myself so it makes the timing a little different and so I figure if we're a few weeks off I'd rather have us all introduce it versus me just come on and introduce it right and so I think it's kind of cool to have John here um, and, and I gotta say um, Kathy's off and, and busy right now and so she'll be back in a few weeks it might be after the season's over I'm not quite sure I'm just so thankful that John's willing to come and do these with me. Uh, I just think he has some great insight to, to what we're talking about. And it's so much fun. It's like a party on our end to do it together, I think, which is which is kind of fun because we both have, have done intros by ourselves for forever. And it's just fun to ping pong off of each other and, and be excited about Jack Benny together. And hopefully you guys get excited about Jack too. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. Like, if you're already 70 years late, what's 70 years and one week late? You know, that's right. 
<laughs> exactly. It's not a big deal. And uh, it, yeah, it's, and, and you know, these whole things, we haven't talked about this much, but of course, John does his own podcast, This Day and Jack Benny, I do my podcast. This is kind of crossing of universes. It's, it's like when a Marvel and DC get together and, and you get Superman and Spider-Man together. It's like, oh my gosh. And so I'm sure it blows all your minds that we're together here doing these. But anyway, thanks, John. And have a great week, everybody. You got anything else for us, John? Are we good? No, that's great. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Just listen to the words of Colonel Hart Shoemaker, tobacco auctioneer, who said, At thousands of auctions, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy good, ripe, mild tobacco. Ed L. Isaacs, 22 years of tobacco warehouseman, said, Season after season, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine, good-tasting tobacco. My own cigarette for more than 15 years have been lucky. Yes, independent tobacco experts can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Fine, light, naturally mild tobacco. Remember, LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And in a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. So for your own real deep down smoking enjoyment, smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. The Lucky Strike Program, starring Jack Benny with Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight Jack Benny leaves for Chicago, where he starts his vaudeville tour this Friday. So let's go out to Jack's house, where we find Rochester helping him pack. Rochester, did you pack my socks? Yes, boss. I put them right next to your underwear. Good, good. Now, let's see. We'll be on the train for two days. That's six meals. You better pack 12 sandwiches. <laughs> better, better, better make it 14. I may have company some night. <laughs> Well, it looks like all my clothes are in. Did you bring along my stuff from the medicine cabinet? Yes, sir. I packed your nerve tonic, stomach tonic, liver tonic, heart tonic, brain tonic, muscle tonic, blood tonic, and tonic tonic. <laughs> tonic tonic? What, what have I got that for? In case any of the other tonics get run down, that's what they take. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, make sure they're all packed well so they won't break. And, oh, yes, Rochester, take my golf clubs along. I'm going to play in Chicago. Yes, sir. And you better take two golf balls. I might play in New York, too. <laughs> okay. Uh, say, boss, when you're in Chicago, are you going over to visit your hometown? Yeah, good old Waukegan. Yeah, I'll see my cousin Cliff Gordon and my boyhood friend Julia Sinekin. See, I wonder what kind of presents I ought to bring them. Well, what kind of a man is your cousin or is your friend? My friend? Well, he's retired. He spends most of his time working for his lodge. He belongs to a lodge? Yes, he's a moose. Oh, I got it. I'll get him a hat rat. <laughs> he like that. I got the idea from a joke I did on my program a few weeks ago. You know, like a moose needs a hat rack. Can't understand why I didn't get a laugh. Huh? Maybe it isn't funny. It could be. 
I don't know. Norman Krasner was mad about it. I couldn't... <laughs> Rochester, are you... <laughs> Rochester, are you all packed? Yes, sir. Good. Oh, uh, you know, I kind of hate to leave California, especially at this time of year, when the sun is shining, the flowers are blooming, and the birds are singing. Yeah, I know just how you feel. Imagine me giving up all this fresh air and sunshine just to go back to stuffy old Harlem. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing, Rochester? Taking some of your brain tonic. I'm talking like an idiot. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, I almost forgot my little black book. You know, I have some wonderful numbers for New York and Chicago. Oh, you left it right there on the dresser. Yeah, here it is. Ah, what girl? Joan Robertson, Geraldine Simmons. Ah, that Geraldine Simmons. Hilda Butts. Julia... (laughs) Julia Wadsworth. Barbara Fritchie. Barbara? (laughs) Barbara Fritchie? She's dead. She is? Gee. Well, I'll put the book in the trunk. Everything else in? Everything. Good. Now close it and lock it. Now, Rochester, I want to see if the burglar-proof lock I put on works. Open the trunk again. Yes, that's loud enough to wake up the baggage man. <laughs> that's loud enough to wake up Barbara Fritchie. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm going to phone Phil Harris and see if he's ready. Don't worry, Jackson. I'll be there. Goodbye. Uh, that was Jackson, honey. Oh, I thought it was the drugstore. The drugstore? Mm-hmm. They made a mistake and delivered the wrong bobby pins. Well, what's wrong with the bobby pins they sent? Well, they're not the right color. They're too dark for me and too light for you. <laughs> well, let's take them anyway and rough it. <laughs> All right. You know, Phil, I like traveling, but it seems a shame to leave our home and start living in hotels. Yeah, especially when we have a house like this. Gee, honey, it's really beautiful. The rooms are so big and airy and furnished so nicely. It's the most beautiful home I've ever had. Alice, how much did it cost you? I don't know, but I... Phil, what's this little black black book? Huh? Well, I'll be darned. That's that little address book I used to keep before we got married. Ah, you dream book if you could only talk. Let me look at some of the names and numbers. No, Alice, no, after oh, all. Oh, come on, Phil, let me look. That's a good boy. Geraldine Simmons. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that Geraldine Simmons. And look, Phil, you used to write notations after each name. Yeah. Marjorie Krause, redhead, has swimming pool. Peggy Flood, brunette, has car. Alice Faye Blonde has possibilities. <laughs> possibilities? Why, Phil Harris. Don't get mad, honey. You're the one that got me. You got me. <laughs> I even turned down Geraldine Simmons. 
Hey, excuse me, honey. I got to call Dennis and find out what songs he's going to do on the trip. I haven't decided yet, Phil. I'll talk to you later about them. Okay, Phil, I got to hang up now. My mother's helping me pack. Goodbye. My little boy is going away from me. <laughs> now, now, Mother, don't cry. And Dennis, next Sunday will be Mother's Day and you won't be here. I know, but last year when I was on the road, I remembered Mother's Day. Yes, Dennis. But this year, son, no matter what Mr. Benny tells you, you're supposed to send the candy to me, not him. <laughs> Mother, everyone on the program gives Mr. Benny presents on Mother's Day. It says so in our contracts. <laughs> the nerve of Mr. Benny, leaving his parrot here while he's out of town. <laughs> you know, Mother, that's a very clever parrot. It sounds just like Mr. Benny. If it had it to pay, it would look like him, too. <laughs> Be all right for me to take Miss Livingston out to dinner in Chicago? Why, yes, Dennis. Mary's a nice girl. Oh, well, I'll take her anyhow. <laughs> I'll miss you so much when you're gone, but I hope you enjoy yourself. Oh, I will, Mother. I like Chicago in May, and the people out there are all crazy about me. They think I'm a great comedian, and I'm very funny. What makes you say that, Dennis? Well, last year when I was in Chicago, I went swimming in Lake Michigan and all the people at the beach stood around watching me and laughing at me. I'm going to swim in the lake again and see if I'm still popular. Well, in that case, I'd better pack your bathing suit. Oh, bathing suit. <laughs> Sometimes I, I wonder... Hello again. This is Jack Benny talking. And... Dennis leaves, I think I should have a man-to-man -man talk with him. All right. Son, go into the other room with your father. Yes, ma'am. Son, the years keep passing, and now you're a man. I am? Could be. <laughs> and now, son, it's time you knew the facts of life. <laughs> you know, I was just your age when I took my first trip, son, and it was to Chicago, too. And it was there I first met your mother. Yes? So, son, for goodness sake, be careful. <laughs> yes, father. Now, before you go, here's something I used to treasure when I was single. It uh, might come in handy to you. Gee, a little black address book. Yes, it has some wonderful numbers in it. Jeanette Iman, Rosalind Browning, Geraldine Simmons. Uh, that's Geraldine Simmons. Bernice Smith, Mrs. Ella Rawlins, Tilly Foster, Mrs. Harriet Webster... Father, did you go out with married women, too? I didn't ask questions. I just had fun. <laughs> well, the only girl I'm going out with is Mary Livingston. And I think I'll call her up now and ask her for a date in Chicago. Why, certainly, Dennis. We'll have dinner together the first night we're in Chicago. Thanks a lot. No, no, you needn't bother coming over here. My sister Babe is helping me pack. Okay. Goodbye. See you at the station. Say, Mary, do you go out with Dennis Day? Oh, once in a while, babe. I think he has a slight crush on me. Well, I think he's cute. Oh, he is. 
And he has such a wonderful voice. Yeah. You know, before my voice changed, I was a tenor, too. <laughs> Could be. Well, come on, baby. Let's finish my packing. You know, Mary, I can't get over how surprised you were when I came out here to visit you from Plainfield. Well, I just wasn't expecting you, that's all. Gee, when I first telephoned you and said, guess who? You sounded so thrilled. Yeah, I thought you were Charles Boyer. Now, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. I'll put my cosmetics here, my rouge, lipstick, manicure set, permanent, and perfume. Say, Mary, where did you get this tremendous bottle of perfume? Oh, Jack gave it to me for Christmas. Is it good? It must be. Phil Harris tasted it and said it was swell. <laughs> well, there, I get them all packed. Mary, you left this out. Oh, that's my address book. You mind if I look to it? No, go right ahead. Harold Warren, Arthur Cook, Frank Rembley, <laughs> William Carter, Geraldine Simmons. Geraldine Simmons? Who's she? Well, don't you remember? That's Mama's stage name. Oh, yes. <laughs> Say, Mary, what station are you leaving from? Oh, I think it's the Union Station, but I'll check with Don Wilson. He always knows those things. That's right, Mary, the Union Station. You're welcome. Huh? Oh, thanks, but my wife's driving me down. Goodbye. Gee, Donald, I hate to see you go. Oh, I hate to leave you there. The house will seem so empty without you. I know. <laughs> and Donald, dear, please remember all the things I told you. Oh, I remember, dear. I'm to go to bed early. I must wear my long underwear until May 15th. I should take my sulfur and molasses every day, and I shouldn't play cards with strangers. Or Mr. Benny, either. <laughs> and another thing, every night before going to sleep, you must do your exercises. You must bend down and touch your toes 100 times. Oh, boss, come now. <laughs> well, now everything's ready, and we... Donald, what's this little black address for? Oh, my goodness, honey, that's something private. Private? But, Donald, we're married. We should have no secrets from each other. Honey, please don't ask any questions and give it back to Certainly me. Certainly not. I'm going to look through it. Effie Boone, Speedy Rick, <laughs> LSMFT O'Brien. <laughs> Donald, who is Geraldine Simmons? I don't know. This used to be my father's book. <laughs> now, come on, let's put the baggage in the car. Gee, this packing was some job. Two trunks, four valises, two fortnighters, and... Oh, 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 my goodness. Donald, what's the matter? What am I packing for? I'm not even going. Anyway, Jack and the gang must be on their way to the station by now. I'd better go down and see them off. the station, Mary. I hope the gang is late. Here, let me help you. Thanks. Say, Jack, who's going to be with you on your stage show at the Chicago Theater? Well, there'll be Phil Harris, Rochester, Marjorie Reynolds, the Sportsman Quartet, and myself. Gee, what an important cast. How are you billing the show? Jack Benny and Friends. <laughs> now, come on, Mary, let's, uh... Oh, boss, boss! 
Oh, there's Rochester. Rochester, take my bags to the train. Yes, sir. Jack, have you got an upper berth or a lower berth? He's got an upper berth. How do you know? Because I'm going to get there first. <laughs> we'll see about that. Well, why don't you toss for it? Oh, no, we won't. I know what happened the last time I tossed. What happened? He took a quarter out of his pocket, flipped it into the air, caught it in his hand, it slipped through his fingers, hit the floor, rolled under the seat, and while he was looking for it, I had a good night's sleep. <laughs> I never did find it. I hope we have the same car today. Now, take care of this luggage. Uh, <laughs> come on, Mary, let's go to the station. Huh? Train waiting on track five for Anaheim, Mazuka, and Cook. <laughs> attention, attention all passengers going to Cucamonga. Please have your passports ready. <laughs> hey, Mary, there's Dennis. Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Mary. Dennis, what's that tag on your lapel? Well, when I told my mother I was going on a long trip, she tied it on me. Your mother put a tag on your lapel? Let me see it. To whom it may concern. The bearer of this tag is Dennis Day. If lost, mind your own business. <laughs> your mother did the same thing last time, Dennis. She certainly has a wonderful sense of humor. Then why didn't she laugh when I came home? <laughs> I don't know. I'll be right back, kids. I'm going over to validate the tickets. Attention, please. Train leaving on track eight for Glendale, Barstow, and Block Camara. <laughs> I wonder which ticket window I should go to. I beg your pardon, mister, but are you validating tickets? Oh, what do you think I'm doing with this rubber stamp? Voting for Hoover? <laughs> Look, mister, all I want to do is get these tickets validated. That's all. I'm going to Chicago. Chicago? Well. Yeah. I'm returning in four weeks. I knew there was a catch to it. <laughs> Now, look, mister, I'm going to report you to the station master and uh, see... Pardon me just a moment. I'm in a hurry. Do you mind if I go first? No, no, it's quite all right. And what can I do for you, sir? Well, I'd like to know something. I just heard the train announcer say that the train on track eight now goes to Glendale, Barstow, and Glockamora. That's right. Now, what is it you want to know? How are things in Glockamora? <laughs> is that little brook still leaping there? <laughs> Yes, yes, it is. Does it still run down to Donny Cove through Killybegs, Kilkerry, and Kilgarry? Yes, it does. Is that willow tree still weeping there? Uh-huh. Does that lassie with the twinkling eye come smiling by? And does she walk away sad and dreamy there, not to see me there? Yes, yes, she does. <laughs> Good. Give me a ticket to West Los Angeles. <laughs> There's your ticket and have a pleasant trip. Thanks. Hmm. To him, he's got to be nice yet. Now, what are you mumbling about? <laughs> Look, mister, all I want you to do is validate my ticket. Oh, Don't my, be mad oh, at me. My. Just validate my ticket. Give me your ticket. Yes. Parlor car, Pullman, coach. Parlor car, parlor car, cattle car. Wait a minute, you've got a batch of tickets here for the cattle car. Yeah, we're taking Phil Harris's orchestra. <laughs> oh, well, uh, don't forget to spray them with sheep dip. I won't. Now, give me those tickets. i got to get back to my gang. Your attention, please. The train leaving on track five will only go to Azusa and Cucamonga. 
Word has just come from Anaheim that the tracks have been washed out by orange juice. <laughs> ah, orange juice. Can you imagine a railroad that would have tracks that are so weak that... Hey, Mary, something must have happened to the loudspeaker. Ladies and gentlemen, please excuse that pause. I was fated by the vice president of the railroad. <laughs> They do it here, too. Say, Jack, uh, you know what Rochester said about him sleeping in the lower berth? Only if he beats me to it. I'll give you eight to five, he wins. What makes you so sure? He just walked by here in his pajamas. Well, it won't do him any good. I'll still beat him to the lower berth. Well, you better hurry. He's brushing his teeth at the drinking fountain. Rochester! Good night, boss! Come back here! Now, blow out that candle. You're not fooling anybody. Now, Rochester, is this the rest of my luggage right here? Yes, sir. Say, Jack. What? What have you got here in this big crate? It's nothing, Mary, nothing. Rochester, get it on the train. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to look and see what's in that crate. Mary, get away from there. Now, Mary, don't lift that lid. I will, too. Well, I'll be darned. <laughs> Gee, I hope the conductor didn't hear them. Say, fellas, in case anything happens, you know what train we're taking, don't you? Do you hear that whistle down the line? We figure that it's engine number 49. She's the only one that'll sound that way on the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. See the old smoke rising round the bend. It's from a lucky strike they're puffing on one end. Folks around these parts smoke a lot because they're on the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Claus. Santa Claus? Lucky strike! Look, fellas. The conductor will hear you, boy. You can smoke them as you're gliding, riding down the track. Oh, Effie Boone, mount to the cabin. Effie Boone, in the package in the van. Speedy Briggs, standing there beside him, and he's popping on a boy. That is also red. Boy, not so loud. Boy, the conductor will hear you. Wait a minute, fellas. Wait a minute. Mary, slam down the lid. Mary, you slammed it so hard you might have heard him. Let me see. I knew it. You shook him up. The bass is in the middle and the tenor's on top. <laughs> Rochester, I've got the lid locked. Now put this crate on the train. Oh, boss, I can't lift that thing. Well, how'd you get it down here? I put eight holes in the bottom and it walked. Walked? I rode on top and looked like Sabu. <laughs> Now, look, Mary, we'd better get back to the station. Oh, Mr. Benny. Pardon the intrusion. Huh? Oh, Mr. Kitzel, what are you doing at the railroad station? I'm taking a trip to New York. Well, well, all the way to New York. Yes, huh? and I can see my wife's face now. Boy, will she be surprised. Oh, she doesn't know you're coming. She doesn't know I'm going. <laughs> Mr. Kitzel, don't tell me you had an argument with your wife. It isn't my wife. It's our relatives. Your relatives, eh? Well, are a lot of them living with you? <laughs> you think the station is crowded? At the last count, 36 relatives came to live with us. 36 relatives? Yeah, 12 of them were taking their word. They have no birth certificates. <laughs> oh, I see. What a crowd in my house. Every place they are sleeping, on the couches, on the beds, on the chairs, and on top of the piano is my cousin, Murphy. 
Murphy, your cousin? He's one of the 12. We're taking his word for it. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Attention, please. A bulletin from the lost and found department just came in. Will the owners please claim the following? A Pekingese, an umbrella, and a young man with a tag in his lapel. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that must be Dennis. Mary, you get him. I'll stand in line. Arriving at the lower end of the station, the Lark, El Capitan, the Owl, and coming in on the rail is Jet Pilot. <laughs> Jet Pilot? The Santa Fe Chief going to Albuquerque, Kansas City, and Chicago leaves in five minutes. Oh, Martha. Martha, we just made it. Yes. And there's Jack Benny standing in line. Shall we go over and give Mr. Benny the flowers we brought for him? Yes, I guess we're better. You know, Emily, we would never have had the courage to come down here if we hadn't split that bottle of ginger beer. <laughs> You're so right, kid. <laughs> well, we might as well go and give him the flowers. Oh, Mr. Benny! Mr. Benny. Huh? Oh, hello, girls. Girls. <laughs> Mr. Benny, we came down to give you this as a going-away gift. Well, what do you know? An orchid. Oh, girl, you shouldn't have gone to this expense. Oh, we didn't buy it. Emily won it at Tom Brenneman's. <laughs> well, isn't that nice? Yes, and we want you to have it. Well, thank you very, very much. Thank you. Go ahead, Emily. Ask him. No, you ask him. No, you ask him. Oh, well, all right. Uh, Mr. Benny. Yes? Is this your first orchid? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Well, you know what that means, Mr. Benny? I'll have to kiss you. A little kiss? <laughs> Why, certainly. What do you know? I kissed Emily and Martha fainted. <laughs> Gee. All aboard. All aboard. Hold your own tickets, please. Come on, kids. The line is moving. Hurry, Mary. Dennis. Attention, please. All passengers taking the chief to Chicago, please walk on tiptoes as you board the train. Rochester is sleeping. <laughs> He's in that lower berth. There's going to be trouble. Come on, kids. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, during 1946, 1,200,000 people were killed or injured in city traffic and on the highways. At that rate, someone is injured every 30 seconds and killed every 15 seconds. Careless driving, speeding, and drinking play a part in approximately half of the fatal accidents, so please be careful. The life you save may be your own. Thank you. Now, Jack will be back in just a moment. But first, here is Basil Rysdale. As you listen to the chant of the tobacco auctioneer, remember, 
Lucky strike means fine tobacco, and in a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. Mr. William Whitley of Henderson, North Carolina, is a man who really knows tobacco. An independent tobacco auctioneer for 18 years, he said, At hundreds of tobacco auctions, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine, ripe, fragrant tobacco that makes a fine smoke. I've smoked Lucky's for 13 years. Quote, fine, ripe, fragrant tobacco that makes a fine smoke. Unquote. Independent tobacco experts like Mr. Whitley can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Fine, light, naturally mild tobacco. Real Lucky Strike tobacco. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Year in, year out. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Yes, fine tobacco that means real deep down smoking enjoyment for you. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. Well, Mary, here we are on the train. On Friday, we'll be opening at the Chicago Theater in Chicago. It'll be good to get on the stage again. Yeah. Well, I'm going to my compartment at rest. I'm kind of tired. It's in the next car. Okay, see you later, Mary. Okay, Jack. Well, I might as well relax myself. Rochester. Rochester, get out of that lower berth. Rochester, get out of that lower berth. What'd you say, boss? Oh, never mind. Porter, bring me the ladder. NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Chicago, the F.W. Fitch Company, makers of Fitch Shampoo, presents the Fitch Bandwagon, starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. <laughs> Last Sunday, we left Phil and Alice as they boarded the Santa Fe Chief for Chicago. As we pick them up now, it's about 7 o'clock that same evening. Phil is entering their compartment. Phil. Hiya, honey. Hey. Phil, where have you been? Oh, I just went back to see my band. You know, them characters took over the club car like the Indians took over Ford Dearborn. I'll say they did. When I, when I went through the train a few minutes ago, that car was going sideways. Yeah, you should see my boys now. They got Fatso's tuba stuck out the window. They're using it for a scoop. 
sure. Going through Needles, Arizona, the thing picked up a Buick station wagon, six blondes, and a shaggy dog. <laughs> they threw the dog back. No wonder Petrillo left Chicago when he heard your boys were coming. Hey, honey, where are the children? Isn't it about their bedtime? Mm-hmm. They're back in the observation car. Would you call the porter and have the beds made up? What do you mean? An old seasoned traveler like me don't need no porter to make no beds. Maybe not, but you might need him to teach you some English. Oh, uh, why don't you stop? Look, I know how to work them beds in these compartments. Why, everything pulls right out of the wall. Phil, will you please call the porter? No, no, I'm not going to call the porter. I'll get the bed down. Well, be careful. This may be one of those old cars like we traveled on last year. Old cars? Yes, you pulled the bed down on that train and Grover Cleveland fell out. <laughs> well, that was different. Your brother made those reservations. Well, Phil, I wish you wouldn't fool with that bed. What do you mean? Now, all you do is reach up there like this and then give it a yank. Well, what do you know? Grover Cleveland. <laughs> Phil, you cut that out. It's me, and you know it. Jackson, what are you doing sleeping in the wall? Put me back. If you unfold the bed, it cost me full fare, you know? <laughs> Look, Jackson, it just ain't being done Look, you mind your there. own business. I always travel this way. You get a good night's sleep and your pants pressed at the same time. <laughs> but, Jackson, you can't stay here. We need all this room. Oh, all right. Guess I'll have to go back to the baggage car. So uncomfortable in that mahogany box. <laughs> How do you like that guy? Hello, Alice. Well, the Harrises finally got settled for the night. Then came the dawn. Alice has gone up to the diner for breakfast, leaving baby Alice and Phyllis to wake up their father. Listen to Daddy. Yes, Phyllis. He sounds just like the engine when it broke down at San Bernardino. No, Alice. That was Daddy that broke down. <laughs> oh, darling. Sweetheart. Love you. Love you, you beautiful thing. Listen to old Hotshot dreaming about himself again. <laughs> Alice, what's that box in the wall with a little door on it? Oh, that's where people put their shoes for the porter to shine. Look, Daddy put his shoes in there. Yes, but he forgot to take his feet out of them. <laughs> Dear, listen to him, Phyllis. How about we wake him up this time? If we were home, we could pound sand in his mouth. <laughs> I got it. Let's try the surefire method. All right. Phyllis, did you hear about Mommy? No. What about Mommy? I just heard she lost all her money. What? 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 Help! Call the bank! Help! Help! Daddy, he always falls for that one. Well, babies, I see you got your father awake. Yeah, they scared me to death. I'll say they got me awake. Well, you're a little late, Phil. I'm afraid you missed breakfast. So what? An old seasoned traveler like me is used to that. 
Well, where are you going? Well, look, they got a barber a couple of cars up ahead, and I'm going to put on my bathrobe and go up and get a shave. Oh, but the train is going so fast, he's liable to cut your throat. Please don't get a shave now. Mommy, let him do what he wants. Phyllis! <laughs> now, you stop that. Say, Phil, did you get off and send that wire last night like I told you? Wire? Yes, the one to Chicago about our hotel reservation. Oh, oh, gosh, honey. I forgot all about it. Forgot it? Well, Phil, you'd better stop and send that wire at the next stop or we won't have any place to stay. All right, don't worry about it. All right, I'll take care of it. I'm going up to the barber now. I'll see you later. Gee whiz, I better send that telegram or I'm in trouble. Hey, guys, this train is really swaying a lot. Oh, here's compartment H. I think some of our party's in here. Oh, yes, that's my riders. They're working on the Chicago script. Hmm, they were chewing on a tire. Oh, I guess they got it off of that Buick station wagon. Well, I think the barber's right in this next car. Gee, look at all the curtains in this car. Oh, they got zippers on them. Oh, here's one with a flower design. Gee, I think I'll unzip it and see what's behind it. <coughs> Young man, keep your hands off my dress. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, lady. <laughs> Crabby old character, ain't you? Say, here's the barber shop. Um, hey, barber, uh, can I get a shave now? Yes, sir. Sit right down. Thank you. Here we are. I'll get you all lathered up. Say, uh, Barber, uh, what kind of shaving cream is that? Fit shaving cream. What kind of hair tonic is that over there? Fit hair tonic. Yeah? What kind of shampoo is that? Fit shampoo. Hmm. This guy must be my summer replacement. <laughs> Just a minute, I'll strap my razor. You know, mister, there's quite a few celebrities on the train this trip. There are? Uh-huh. There's Van Johnson, Margaret Sullivan, Alice Bay... Alice Bay. Yep. The silent picture star. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember her in the covered wagon. Yeah, and they tell me Phil Harris, the band leader, is on board, too. Oh, he is? That's right. You better steer clear of him, Jack. I hear he's a no-good, broken-down jerk. Is that so? You know, you're the eighth person who told me that before. <laughs> Things ain't bad enough. I got to ask for them yet. <laughs> hey, look, uh, I got to send a telegram in Chicago. Uh, where's the next stop, Bobby? Well, it looks like you're in trouble, mister. We don't stop till Kansas City. Oh, gosh, Alice is going to kill me. Of course. In a couple of hours, we stop at Newton, Kansas, but that's just to take on water. Well, can I uh, send it there? Well, you can if you hurry. If we only stay there three minutes. Oh, well, that's plenty of time. Uh, you better hold still now, mister. I'm going to shave you. Okay. Oh, by the way, mister, we got a body up in the baggage car. Oh, you have? Yep. He gets off at Waukegan. <laughs> Look, will you just shave me? I will if you'll stop talking. Oh, brother, come on, shave me. Jackson was a poor old dub who joined the Dark Tower Poker Club, but he cursed the day told him he would join. Oh, that money used to go like it had wings. If he else winged someone at kings, each night he would contribute all that coin. 
Then he said, I'm going to play him tight tonight. If you know bobtail flushes make me bite, when I get in there, said my hands don't be a piece. And he played him tight but lost his pile, and Bill got peevish after a while, so he rose, looked all around, and made this piece. Said, y'all see this brand new razor I had to sharpen just today. Now, I'm coming in there with my rules. I want you to follow when you play, boy. Keep your hands up on the table while you're dealing, please. Stop playing them aces down there in between your knees. Stop making all them funny signs like you're trying to tip off your hand talking American, boy. I'm American. That's what I can understand. And don't be getting them off the bottom because ooh, 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 that's rough. Take five, five, then stop. That's enough. Now, when you bet put up the chips, I don't like it when you shy. Then if you get busted, go get something. I'm going to be here by and by. Pass them cards for me to shuffle every time before you deal. Then if anything goes wrong, I'm going to see. Because I mean, you always think, well, uh, keep playing that game according to Mr. Harley. You won't play this game according to me. Now, sitting right there in that there clan, they chanced to be a one-eyed man, and Bill kept on watching him out of the corner of his eye. No one I would deal in then would cost that bill another five or ten. Bill got up again and looked all around him with a sigh. He said, Lord, this is an awful shame. He said, there's someone cheating in this here game. He said, of course, uh, he don't do for me to name the guy. If I catch him cheating just once again, I am going to re- I'm going to take my fist and close out of the eye. Now, do you see that brand new razor I had it sharpened just today? I'm coming in here with my rules that you must follow when you play egghead. Keep your bony hands up there while you're giving them out, please. Stop laying the wildies down there in between your knees. Stop making all them funny signs. You're still trying to tip off your hand. You better talk in American, big A, A, A. That's what I can understand. And don't get them off the bottom. I keep trying to tell you it's rough. The Army game, five, five, halt. That's enough. Now, when you bet put up the reds and blues, I don't like it when you're shy. Then if you get out of gas, go get pumped up. I'm going to be your by and by. Pass them pasteboards for me to ripple every time before you deal. Then if anything goes wrong, I must see. I keep telling you, you ain't gonna play the game now, according to Mr. Hoyley. You're gonna play this game according to me. Henry, if you'll break the seal on that new deck of bicycles, we'll go on from here. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Bodily exercise is important, and authorities agree it's just as important to exercise your scalp. The best way is by massage. The Fitch Company announces the new Fitch Scalp Massage Brush combination for a limited time in the United States only at a tremendous savings to you. It's the famous massage brush, scientifically designed with 86 flexible fingers to stimulate the blood supply. Combination also includes a six-ounce bottle of Fitch's new Quin Oil Hair Tonic. Not sticky, not greasy. It's blended from five essential oils to keep hair well-groomed. Also, a six-ounce bottle of Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Use the massage brush with Fitch's Shampoo for a reconditioning treatment that leaves your scalp invigorated, your hair clean and dandruff-free. Between shampoos, use the brush for a vigorous scalp massage. Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo completely removes dandruff at the first application under a money-back guarantee. This money-saving combination is available at drug counters in a convenient carry-home package. A $1.60 value, only 99 cents. 
Ask for Fitch's Scalp Massage Brush Combination. When are you going to send that telegram? Oh, I'll send it in a few minutes. We're going to stop at a place called Newton. Well, you know, Philip, we don't get... Uh-oh. Hey, that must be the porter. Come in. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Harris. Well, Chicken Snyder, how's the old Encino newspaper man? Come on in, Chicken. Well, don't mind if I do. My, you're looking good this morning. Howdy, Miss Faye. See, you got a shave. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Chicken, I was just up the barber car up there. How are you enjoying the trip, Mrs. Snyder? Oh, just fine. I'm as happy as a gay dog in high oak. Uh, by the way, how'd you sleep, Mr. Harris? Oh, swell, Chicken. Yes, and he got his pants pressed at the same time. Oh, stop with that kind of Well, talk, what Jody. I dropped by for... I want to tell you about the swell publicity idea I got for you in Chicago. Oh, publicity, huh? Yeah. yeah. What is it? Well, you're going to make a triumphant tour of the city. A tour? Yeah, the people of Chicago are going to welcome you with open arms. Now, Thursday night, you're going out to the Edgewater District and be edgewatered to the ears. <laughs> and Friday night, you're going to the Jackson Park District and be Jackson Park to the ears. Yeah? How about Saturday night? Saturday night, you're going to the loop. Hey, look out the window. We're coming into a station. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're coming to the station. Look, uh, this must be Newton. Uh, excuse me, chicken. I'll be back in a minute. Oh, uh, you're suffused, Mr. Harry. Yeah. Where'd he go, Miss Bay? Oh, he got off to send a telegram. See, it's quite a little town here. This is where the eastbound chief meets the westbound chief. What is? Yeah. There's a train for Los Angeles standing over there across the platform. They tell me that that's... Oh, look out the window. There's Phil coming out of the telegraph office. Yeah. Oh, I should have... Phil! What's the matter, Miss Fay? Oh, he's getting on the Los Angeles train by mistake. Chicken, what'll we do? Well, I... Oh, shucks, ma'am, we're moving. Chicken, do something. Call to him. Goodbye, Mr. Harris. Thank goodness I finally got that telegram off. Now, maybe Alice will stop hollering at me. Now, let's see. Where's our room? Oh, yeah. Here it is. Compartment C. Honey. Hey, honey. Hey, Snookum. Daddy's back. I'm sorry, Daddy, but I'm not your Snookum. <laughs> hey, listen, you. What are you doing in my wife's compartment? You have a wife? Well, of course. <laughs> I didn't know your species mated. <laughs> Hey, what do you mean? I thought things like you sprang full-grown from old bar rags. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, Buster. Who do you think you are? The name is Cleveland. Grover Cleveland? No, Cleveland, Ohio. Now get out of here. Now, wait a minute. Open that up. Open that up. Let me in there. Excuse me, sir. Are you having trouble? Yes, I am, Conductor. Look, I'm trying to get into my compartment. Your compartment? That's right. May I see your ticket, please? Okay, here. Hmm... Compartment C. That's right, Compartment C. I'm going to Chicago. Well, bully for you. The rest of us are going to Los Angeles. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? Evidently, you got on the wrong train back at Newton. Wrong train? That's right. I'm afraid we'll have to put you off. Yeah, well, when do we stop? 
We don't stop. Well, then how am I going to get off? Here, put on this mail sack, stand out on the platform, and wait for the hook. <laughs> now, what does an old seasoned traveler do in a case like this? this is that that conductor put me off at. Oh, there's the railroad station. Let me see. East Bog Spavin, Kansas. That's murder, that name. I never saw such a little place. You put your hands on your hips in this burg and your elbows are out of town. Well, I better get in this station and see when I can get a train out of here. Oh, what a tired, broken-down station. This thing must have been built a hundred years ago. Uh... Excuse me, but uh, are you the station agent? Hold it, hold it, just a minute, young fella. Uh, something hot coming in off the telegraph. <laughs> well, how do you like that? Important message? I don't know. Says some fella named Lee is retreating from Gettysburg. <laughs> Gettysburg? How old is this place anyway? Oh, can't rightly say. All I know is I had this job for 73 years. Well, wait a minute, Dad. Uh, how old are you? Ninety-five. Ninety-five? Uh-huh. Gee, this guy's four years older than Benny. <laughs> Say, are you really 95, Pops? Sure am. Well, how come you've lived that long? 
because I wouldn't be found dead in a town like this. <laughs> well, look, Pappy, let me ask you something. Uh-huh. You are a lovely old dad, too. I'd get along with you pretty good. Look, I'm stuck here, and I'd like to get a train back to Chicago. Okay, now let's see. I'll try to fix you up. Uh, uh, next one stops at uh, 3.46 tomorrow morning. Three in the morning? Uh-huh. Well, look, uh, Dad, is that a through train? No, it's a cattle train. Well, wait a minute. I can't travel on a cattle train. You can't? Well, of course not. What about birth? Oh, they have about four every trip. <laughs> oh, Harris, you curly-headed heifer, you. Stockyard. Well, Alice, your father sent us a wire at the hotel. He's arriving in Chicago on a cattle car. <laughs> oh, boy, what hotshot won't do to get his name in the paper? <laughs> Mommy, they're unloading another car. Maybe he's with this bunch. Well, keep watching for him, baby. Oh, Mommy, here comes Daddy now. Where? Oh, no, that's some other old bull. <laughs> Where is that father of yours? There he is, Mommy. Where? There with all those other cows. Oh, yes. And look at that sign they hung on him. Unfit for human consumption. <laughs> hello, folks. Bill, don't you hello me. You children go back and wait in the taxi. I want to talk to your father. All right, Mommy. Now, don't bawl me out, honey. I've had enough trouble. I got off the train to send a compartment, found a strange man in our telegram, and when I got to East Bog Spavin, Lee was surrendering to the conductor. <laughs> oh, stop that nonsense. Let's get in the taxi and go to the hotel. Oh, honey, let me talk about it. It was awful in that cattle car. Do you know that when the train stopped at Wichita, they took me off and put a ring in my nose? <laughs> So what? What do you mean, so what? For the next 600 miles, the cow in the next stall kept acting like we were engaged. (laughs) Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. Almost everyone likes to do things the easy way especially in maintaining hair health. That's why thousands are so enthusiastic about Fitch's Rubber Scalp Massage Brush. With its 86 flexible fingers, this handy massage brush provides a simple, more efficient way to stimulate scalp circulation. But it does even more. For when you use it with Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo, you actually have a reconditioning treatment that tones up your sluggish scalp, leaves your hair clean and dandruff-free. You get both the brush and Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo in the new Fitch Scalp Massage Brush combination, available for a limited time only. This offer also includes Fitch's new Quin Oil Hair Tonic. Not sticky, not greasy. It's blended from five essential oils for perfect hair grooming. You get all three in the new Fitch Scalp Massage Brush combination. First, the Scalp Massage Brush. Second, a generous six-ounce bottle of Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo, guaranteed to remove dandruff. 
And third, a six-ounce bottle of the new Fitch Quin Oil Hair Tonic. Regular $1.60 value in a convenient carry-home package, only 99 cents. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H. day this is? Sure. May the 11th. Well, don't you know what that means? Yes, I know what it means. It means that I got to carry Jackson on and off the stage for four more shows at the Chicago <laughs> Theater. No, Phil, this is Mother's Day and also our wedding anniversary. Oh, uh, oh, sure. Oh, gee whiz, honey. Oh, I forgot about it. I'm sorry. And this is the third one we spent in Chicago. Just think. I've been married to you for six whole years. Yeah, you lucky girl, you. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. Don't you remember, Phil, how when we first got married, people said it wouldn't last? Yeah. Well, they didn't realize how long it would take me to go through your money. <laughs> no, no, Phil, I'm serious. Aren't you even going to kiss me on our anniversary? Kiss you? Why, sure, you pretty thing. You pucker up there, huh? Oh, let's be careful with that kid. This town's liable to have another fire. next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris from New York. This program was written by Bob Mosher and Joe Connolly, directed by Paul Phillips, with the original music composed and conducted by Walter Sharp. Included in the cast were Janine Ruth, Anne Whitfield, Jack Benny, Pat Buttram. Alice Fay appears through courtesy of 20th Century Fox. Get the new Fitch Scout Massage Brush combination in the convenient carry-home package. A regular $1.60 value, only 99 cents. Contains, one, a six-ounce Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo. Two, a six-ounce quin oil hair tonic. Three, a rubber Scout Massage Brush. All three value $1.60. Special price for limited time only, 99 cents.
is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another great episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1936-1937 season. Early on in this episode, we'll talk about how it's the five-year or fifth anniversary of the Jack Benny Show. And it is on this particular episode, it was aired exactly to the day, five years after um, the original Jack Benny, first Jack Benny episode. Now for us, it's a few days off because I want to play these episodes on uh, Saturday night, so they're always a couple days off, but um, it just kind of worked out that Monday, uh, last Monday, was the very last um, Martin and Lewis show that I had for this season available to me, and so we have kind of a hole on Monday next to uh, Bing Crosby, and so it works out perfectly to, that I'm going to be presenting the very first Jack Benny show exactly to the day, 80 years after it was originally presented. So tune in on Monday for a special presentation of Jack Benny's very, very first episode ever. And I'm so glad that Jack kept that episode and, and it survives. The next episode that we have that survives is from over six months later. Um, it's going to be uh, the first day of January of next year, so long ways away. Uh, but we'll be bringing that to you too when when it comes around. Tonight's episode also presents goodness, lots of things. It's the second appearance of Eddie Anderson. Not yet the Rochester character, but they did bring him back, and um, and I'm delighted that they did, and they will continue to bring him back. They don't know exactly what to do with him, so sometimes he's the same character from week to week. Sometimes he becomes a totally different character. Sometimes he's sort of a different character, but seems to have the memory of the original character. It's very strange, but <laughs> anyway, uh, we can enjoy Eddie Anderson's performance tonight. Uh, I, I believe it is the first time as well that he actually calls Jack boss, which is, uh, of course, a famous um, line that he that he uh, refers to Jack as boss for the rest of their career together. So, pretty neat. And then the other thing that's happening tonight is it's another Buck Benny skit, which I always love the Buck Benny skits, and I hope you enjoy it. We're hitting end towards the end of the Buck Benny skits. This might be the last one in quite a while, um, or there might be a few more. I'm not 100% sure, but I know we're getting close to the tail end of those skits. And we will actually, it's kind of great that I can mention this, I just thought of this. Uh, I think, I want to say this Sunday night, it's either this Sunday or next Sunday, is going to be the very final appearance on radio of Buck Benny, not in a real Buck Benny skit, but he appears with Jimmy Stewart as Jack presents um, Jimmy's movie uh, Bend, of the, Bend of the River, Bend in the River, Bend in the River, I think, that uh, uh, they do a recreation of that and Jack brings back the Buck Benny character to be in the skit along with Jimmy Stewart, which 
is a fantastic episode, and I just love that one. Um, and like I say, I think it's this Sunday, but it might be the following Sunday. But anyway, we're, uh, we'll give you the very last performance of Buck Benny. Uh, at least on radio. He does, I think he does come back in television at least once. Uh, I guess I'll stop there. So um, enjoy this episode, and we will see you folks next time. The Jello program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. The orchestra opens the program with Honey Bunch. Everybody likes to eat at a restaurant once in a while. It makes a pleasant change. And since this coming week is National Restaurant Week, plan to have dinner at a restaurant at least once during the week. It's good to know, too, that you can get your favorite dessert, Jell-O, at restaurants just as you can get it at home. For leading restaurants everywhere, feature Jell-O for its bright color and its delicious flavor. And delicious surely is the word for Jell-O with its extra-rich fruit flavor. That's why Jell-O is the most popular gelatin dessert in the entire world today. No other gelatin dessert has Jell-O's extra-rich fruit flavor. So whether you order Jell-O at a restaurant or have it at home, be sure you get the real thing, genuine Jell-O. Gentlemen, today, May 2nd, 1937, marks an important occasion, the fifth anniversary of the radio debut of a man who has established himself in the hearts of millions. Uh, thank you, Don. Don't underdo it. <laughs> in the past five years, Jack Benny has not only brought good, wholesome entertainment into the homes of the American public, but he has made popular such famous expressions and national bywords as 1933. Was you there, Charlie? 1934. You nasty man. 1935. So, oh, this will kill you, Graham. 1936. Tally ho. So now, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we bring you that great mind with everybody else's thoughts, Jack Benny. Hello again. This is Father Time marching on. And thank you, Don, for that lovely eulogy, although you did exaggerate a little. But I can take it. What do you mean, exaggerate? Well, I didn't coin all those expressions. You see, the ones that I'm really identified with are Don't Give Up the Ship and Lafayette, We Are Here. <laughs> Lafayette, We Are Here? <laughs> Why, General Pershing said that when he landed in France. Oh, he thought I wouldn't hear about it, huh? Oh. <laughs> well, it serves me right for not having it copyrighted. Well, anyway, Jack, I want to be the first to congratulate you on this, your fifth anniversary. Thanks, Don. I appreciate that. That goes for me, too. You deserve a lot of credit, Jack. Oh, uh, thank you, Phil. And I'm terribly sorry about the little fights and arguments we've been having. And tonight, I'm not going to say one thing that'll hurt your feelings. Well, that's sweet, Phil. Thanks. But next week, watch out. <laughs> Oh, Phil, you're just a big kid. I wish you were smaller. 
Well, anyway, thanks for the temporary truth. Hello, Jack. Hello. Congratulations and best wishes on your fifth university. University? Yes, isn't it awful the way they type these scripts? Yes. Uh, imagine, Mary, five years on the air. Gee, I can still remember my first broadcast. I stepped up to that microphone, cool and calm, complete master of the situation. Go on, you were shaking like a leaf. Oh, is that so? Why, it took two men to get your tongue down from the roof of your mouth. <laughs> oh, you're crazy. I wasn't a bit nervous. Then why did you faint? I didn't faint. I was tired and I wanted to lay down. Man. You didn't have to lay in the drum. All right, so I did faint. Anyone can get a little dizzy. Yes, but after five years, you ought to snap out of it. So nice way to talk on my day of days. <laughs> day of days. Oh, Jack, where's your sense of humor? If I'd have meant that, I wouldn't have written this poem for you. Oh, did you hear that, Phil? A poem? Yeah. Stay where you are, man. Nobody leave this room. <laughs> Go ahead, Mary. Read your poem. Huh? Gee, I'm glad I'm not here yet. <laughs> Go on, Mary. What's the, what's the title of it? Uh, to Jack Benny on his fourth anniversary. This is my fifth. Uh, well, I wrote it last year. Oh. Well, go ahead. Read it, Mary. Uh, oh, Jack Benny. Oh, Jack Benny. You're the one that we adore. And we send you fondest wishes on anniversary number five. <laughs> I had four there. Oh, yeah, four. It's my fault, I think. Go ahead, maybe. You are sure one popular guy. Why it is, I don't know why. Hmm, fine grandmother. <laughs> fine grandmother. On this anniversary, your fourth, greetings come east, west, and north. Now, wait a minute, Mary. This is my fifth anniversary. Okay. Hmm. On this anniversary, your fifth, greetings come east, west, and nift. <laughs> nift? Must be short for nifty there, I think. Read on. Gee, I sure am in a fix. I should have read this in 36. But jello with as many flavors is good for you and me and the neighbors. The end. Well, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I thought you said this was a special poem for me. It is. Well, make it end that way, gee, kid. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so it's your anniversary number five. Don't be a dope. Wake up and live. <laughs> Wake up and live. Oh, maybe. Hello, Jack. Oh, hiya, Kenny. Hello. Let me be the first to congratulate you on your fifth anniversary. The first? Hey, what do you think the rest of the company has been doing? Oh, are they talking to you again? <laughs> yes, Kenny. Today, the Dove of Peace is flying over this program. <laughs> Who did that? Phil Harris. Oh, that Harris would shoot a real bird. <laughs> I'm going home. I got a feather in my hat. Oh, Kenny. Don't be so literal. Isn't he dumb, Mary? That guy'd need a compass to get out of a revolving door. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to? That's fun. <laughs> Look, Kenny, in an effort to get a sensible answer from you, I'm going to ask you a very simple question. What is it? Now, just relax and stop thinking and give me the right answer. All right, I'm ready. Are you? Uh, here it is. What are you going to sing tonight? A song. <laughs> A song. Now, that's fine. And what's the name? Kenny Baker. The name of the song. I'm going to sing September in the Rain, my favorite number, which I dedicated to your fifth radio birthday. Well, thanks, Kenny. Go ahead. Uh, just a moment. Uh, come in. Mr. Benny? Yes? I want to take this opportunity of wishing you a very, very happy anniversary. 
Well, thanks, thanks. And by the way, who are you? I often wonder. Sing, Kenny. It's a fine thing. Where are the G-men at a time like this? for dedicating it to me. Uh, that was September in the Rain, sung by that eminent American tenor, Kenneth M. Baker. Say, Kenny, what's the M for? Eminent. Oh. <laughs> I'll bet he doesn't even know what eminent means. Well, Kenneth is a tough one, too. <laughs> you say it. <laughs> say, Jack. What? Stop laughing. What is it? A telegram came in for you while Kenny was singing. Oh, well, I've been getting them all day long. Uh, read it if it's good. Oh, it's swell, Jack. Oh. It says, um, congratulations on this occasion. Stop. To me, you are not only the funniest, but the greatest personality on the air today. Well, isn't that sweet? Who's it from, Mary? Sibber McGee. Say, <laughs> hey, even he tells the truth once in a while. You know. Come in. Hiya, Buck. Well, well, hello, Andy. Kind of had a hunch you'd drop in today. Yes, sir. I was going to send you a telegram of congratulations, but Western Union couldn't understand me. 
I couldn't understand you. I, what did you say? Charge it. Oh, oh I see. Say, Buck, yeah. I got a little surprise for you. Ma baked you a banana cream pie, and I bought you this genuine leather billfold. Here you are. Well, well, isn't that nice? A billfold. Say, that is real leather. Where's the pie? In the billfold. <laughs> oh, yes, I see it oozing out. <laughs> Say, Jack. What? You know, it's a good idea having bananas in your billfold. Why? Maybe a dollar will slip out once in a while. <laughs> oh, it will, eh? Don't worry, you'll put ashes in it. My, what a witty retort. I'll bet you wish it was impromptu. <laughs> Say, Andy, I forgot to thank you for inviting me over to your house last Sunday night, although I didn't have a very good time. Well, you just happened to catch us during a lull. <laughs> I knew there was something wrong there. Come in. I'd like to speak to Jack Benny. I'm Mr. Benny. My name is Brown. I'm with the Hollywood Scoop. I see. My paper sent me here for a story and a picture. Oh, yes. Now, Mr. Benny, I understand you've been on the air for five years. Is that correct? Uh, yes, sir. Now, to what do you attribute your success? Well, I owe it all to my cast. Your cast, I see. Now, Mr. Benny, as to salary. He owes us that, too. I do not entirely. Continue, Mr. Brown. Now, do you feel that you have personally done a great deal for radio? Oh, definitely. <laughs> of course, Marconi had a little something to do with it, too. Oh, that's right, he did. Now, let's give Mr. Marconi a little hand, folks. <laughs> hey, that was, that was thoughtful of me, wasn't it? Mary, isn't it marvelous how Marconi and I are always linked together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, what are you laughing at? Marconi and cheese. <laughs> now, I resent that. Don't call that ham a cheese. Don't mind these side remarks, Mr. Brown. On the whole, we're quite a happy little family. So I see. And now I'd like to take a picture. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah. Please, fellows. The gentleman was addressing me. Weren't you, sir? Yes, you can be in it, too. <laughs> Thanks. Now, Mr. Wilson, I want you right here in front. Okay. Uh, but look, uh, I think that if I was standing... Mr. Baker, you stand right alongside of Mr. Wilson. Yes, sir. Hey, can I get in there? Of course, Mr. Devine. Stand right there at Mr. Baker's left. Well, look, I feel that if I was standing... Now, Miss Livingston and Mr. Harris, you sit down in front. <clears throat> well, I guess we're all set. Everybody smile. Um, <clears throat> oh, yes, Mr. Benny, I almost forgot you. Oh, it really doesn't matter. It's just my I want you to stand right behind Mr. Wilson. What is that? Is it... I say I want you to stand right behind Mr. Wilson. Oh. <laughs> Couldn't have picked anybody else. <laughs> you mean like this? Yes. Oh. But you can only see my shoulder. Here we go. Smile, everybody. <clears throat> Mr. Benny, put your head back in and smile. <laughs> Gee, what good is a smile if you can't see me? I want to feel that you're happy. <laughs> oh, all right. Now, quiet, everybody. Hold it. <coughs> there goes another dove. <laughs> well, goodbye, Mr. Benny. Thanks very much. Goodbye. <coughs> Say, I hope I get a print of that picture. I stuck my tongue out when he wasn't looking. <laughs> you're telling me the back of my neck is all wet. Oh, I'm Play, Bill. 
How Could You, played by Phil Harris and his orchestra, and dedicated to my anniversary. Yeah, who dedicated it? I did, and never mind. Who dedicated it? Who dedicated it? <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, since today marks a special occasion, we are going to present a special episode of Buck Benny Rides Again. Ah, you'd never know the old thing, folks. My horse's hoofs have been manicured, my boots have been shined, and the plot has been cleaned and pressed. Now, by this time, we, uh... Telegram for Jack Benny. Uh, you take it, Mary. Okay. Uh, by this time, uh, our cat... Jack is from your sponsor. Oh, the boss, eh? What does he say? Uh, congratulations on your fifth anniversary. Don't let it happen again. <laughs> Lucky he was subtle. I didn't get it. <laughs> And now for our special play, Buck Benny Rides Again, or Quick Henry, the Liniment. Once again, we take you to that little cow town of boiled beef, Texas. <laughs> Curtain. Music. Hello? Sheriff's office. Who? The telephone company. Somebody owes you a bill and you can't collect it? Well, I'll get that vomit before sundown. Oh, it's me. <laughs> well, that complicates things. Goodbye. Sheriff, why don't you pay that phone bill and get it off your mind? It ain't on my mind. It's on theirs. Say, Buck, you're kind of dolled up today, ain't you? Yeah, what's the idea of the tailcoat? Well, I'll tell you, deputies. It's on account of my fifth year as sheriff of Cactus County. Say, that's right. It's your fifth anniversary. Boys, I've been in office five years, and I got a 100% perfect record. Yep, you ain't caught a crook yet. <laughs> is that so? The jailhouse is full, ain't it? Those are your relatives. <laughs> well, if they ain't crooks, I never seen none. <laughs> yes, sir. Come in. You got a telephone in here? Yep. It ain't now. Goodbye. <laughs> Fine, beautifully. The phone company is getting mighty aggressive. Hey, uh, Sheriff, are you going to celebrate your anniversary? Sure am. I'm throwing a big party over at the Busy Bee restaurant and pool parlor. Got the gold room reserved. Gold room? Yep, the wallpaper's turning yellow. <laughs> you boys are invited. Thanks, Sheriff. Say, can I bring my girl, or is it going to be formal? <laughs> bring anybody you want, deputy. <laughs> I'm taking my horse. All right, but don't ask me to dance with him. Ah, <laughs> oh, not a chance, Buck. He's got a full program. Well, let's get over there. The crowd's waiting. Hey, Deadeye. Yes, Sheriff? Right here and mind the office. Okay. And if the phone rings, you're nuts. <laughs> Come on, boys. Okay, Sheriff. Yeah. Steady, partner. <laughs> nice doubling, boys. Giddy up. Deputies, you better put some oil in your oats. 
Well, here we are. Congratulations. All right, boys and girls. For he's a jolly good fellow. For he's a jolly good fellow. For he's a jolly good fellow. F-E-L-L-O. Well, 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 thanks, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Daisy. Hello, tall, dark, and clean for a change. Well, Gad, you look like you went through the ringer yourself. Say, that's the kind of fancy evening gown you got on. Yep, tonight I'm dancing bareback. <laughs> well, Daisy, that gag sure fooled me, and you sure look good. Say, where's your pappy? He's out in the kitchen mixing the punch. Ain't you afraid he'll drink it up? Not a chance. We've had lost his tonsils. <laughs> well, folks, it's my party, and everything's on me. So order anything you want to eat or drink. Eat? I ain't no sissy. <laughs> Here comes pappy with the punch. Ah, uh, looks mighty good, Pappy. Is it strong? Not exactly, but I advise you to drink her sitting down. <laughs> Why, what did you put in it? Everything in Ike Muller's saloon. Well, it looks like it. Say, what's that floating there in the middle? Ike Muller! <laughs> well, come on, folks. Help yourself. Did you stir up the punch, Frank? I tried to, but the doggone spoon dissolved. <laughs> Too bad. Well, we gotta have some victuals to go with this. Where's the waiter? There he is. Hey, Pierre. Pierre. Yes, yeah, boss. Did you call me? <laughs> yes. Uh, what do you got that's good to eat? Man, you're in the wrong place. Let's see that bill affair. Hmm. What about this roast beef? I wouldn't encourage that. <laughs> you gotta eat something. Are the lamb chops all right? Well, I highly recommend them in the negative. I see, quite a problem here. How's the fried chicken? Confidentially? Uh-uh. <laughs> well, we can't dance on an empty stomach. Uh, what do you recommend? Take the hash. Oh, the hash. Uh, is that good? No, but it ain't fatal. <laughs> Well, we'll have to take a chance on it. Hash for everybody. Uh, do you all want coffee or demitasse? What's the difference? The large cups is twice as bad. Well, thanks for the information, Pierre. You know everything, don't you? I don't know where Albuquerque is. Hey, Albuquerque is a town. There you go again. <laughs> Hey, remember him, boy? Well, fellas, while we're waiting for the vittles, how about a little entertainment? I'll make a speech. Quiet! What happened? You were overruled magnanimously. I'll tell you what, how about a song from Daisy Cox? Come on. Well, I'll sing if Andy will join me. What do you say, Andy? Well, I ain't very good voice tonight, Buck. I got a frog in my throat. <laughs> well, let him sing bass. Come on, what song you know, Daisy? Uh, how about let's call the whole thing off? Mighty fine tune. Hit up, boys. Come on, Daisy. You say either, and I say either. You say neither, and I say neither. Either, either, neither, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. You like potato, and I like potato. 
You like tomato, and I like tomato. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. If we call the whole thing off, then we must part. And oh, if we part, then that might break my heart. You like pajamas and I like pajamas. I'll wear pajamas and give up pajamas. For we know we need each other, so we better call a calling off. Let's call the whole Say, Deputy Wilson. Yes, Sheriff? Are you in the mood? Right with you, Buck. You say strawberry and I say strawberry. You say raspberry and I say raspberry. Strawberry, strawberry, raspberry, raspberry. Let's call the whole thing jello. You say cherry and I say orange. You say lemon and I say lemon. Lemon, 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 lemon. Let's call the whole thing jello. But oh, when you see those great big letters on the box, then oh, you will see the people buying it in stock. Because I say jello, and I say jello, and I say jello. Make my watermelon <laughs> jello, 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 watermelon. Let's call the going off. Let's go. Fine job on that. Hey, boss, boss, here's the hash. The hash is here, fellas. Shall we dig it? No! What? Oh, never mind the food. Let's dance yeah. to the hash. Yeah. up, boys. Come on, Daisy. Hey, Let's do a nice break. Everybody's talking about the coronation on May the 12th, so here's a dessert that's fit for a king. It's real old-fashioned ice cream, the homemade kind, made with Jell-O ice cream powder. And it's made so easily, too. All you do is combine a package of Jell-O ice cream powder, some milk and cream and sugar, and soon you'll have a quarter and a half of smooth, mellow ice cream. You make it right in the freezing trays of your refrigerator, or if you prefer, you can use an ordinary hand freezer and get the same delicious results. And ice cream made with Jell-O ice cream powder is so economical, you actually use less cream and get more ice cream. For Jell-O ice cream powder makes more ice cream than most other such products on the market. So tomorrow, ask your grocer for Jell-O ice cream powder. the last number of the 31st program in the new Jell-O series. And we're with you again next Sunday night at the same time. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I also want to say that next Sunday night we will announce the winner in our popular play contest, which we will present two weeks from tonight. Uh, say, Jack. What? I just happen to think that it's my anniversary, too. It is? Yes, it's five years since you gave me a raise. Mm, good night, folks. <laughs> Oh. 
The Melody September in the Rain is from Melody for Two. How Could You from the score of San Quentin. Let's call the whole thing off is from Shall We Dance. The Jell-O program comes to you from Hollywood over the red network of the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>